Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Investor Society's podcast, Gen Xenomics. I'm your host, Gregory Schulze, and today we're going to be doing an episode all about stock ratios. Basically, stock ratios are metrics that allow you to value companies and determine whether whether they're undervalued, fairly valued, or overvalued relative to the market and their competitors. Using these ratios gives you an advantage because it allows you to compare stocks numerically, not just based off of business models. If you enjoy this episode, please share it with other people who you think will be interested so that way we can continue to grow our community, and I hope you enjoy it. The first ratio that I'm going to be covering in today's episode is the price-to-earnings, or P-E ratio. The P-E ratio is a way of valuing a company based off of how much you're paying for their earnings. The smaller the number, the better, because it means that the share price is lower for more earnings per share. The way you use the price-to-earnings ratio is you take the share price and divide it by the company's earnings per share for the past 12 months or four quarters. This will then give you a number, and you can compare it to both the industry and the stock market as a whole. So let's say I'm looking at two companies. Company A has a share price of $16 per share and an earnings per share number of four, while Company B has a share price of $10 per share and an earnings per share number of 10. Company A is going to have a price-to-earnings ratio of 4, while Company B is going to have a price-to-earnings ratio of 10, making Company A much more undervalued relative to Company B and the broader market as a whole. It's very important to note, however, that the price-to-earnings ratio is one of a few ratios. Just because a company has a low P-E ratio doesn't necessarily make it a good investment, and it doesn't mean that it's really undervalued. You have to use this one along with the other ratios that I'm going to begin to describe in a couple minutes to really determine whether or not a company is undervalued. Also, it's important to note that there are some companies that have good price-to-earnings ratios, but it's just because the stock price is in the midst of tanking and it's not necessarily accurate. A perfect example of that is a company called AT&T, you all know it, and their price-to-earnings ratio makes them look undervalued relative to the market and their peers. But if you look at the company and their balance sheet and everything about them, they've begun to lose money, they've had negative growth, their profit margins are negative, and they aren't paying a dividend anymore. So when a company has a good price-to-earnings ratio, but they aren't a good investment, that's something called a value trap. So that was a lot. The gist of the whole thing is that with price-to-earnings ratios, you're figuring out how much you're paying per per $1 of earnings, if you want to keep it simple, or per earnings per share. Then you want to take that number and compare it to other companies in the market to see whether or not you're getting a good deal on the given company's earnings. And you need to make sure that you aren't investing in a value trap and you need to do your research using more than just the price to earnings ratio to figure out if you're getting a good deal. Now, the second ratio that I'm going to be covering today is the price to earnings to growth ratio, also known as the PEG ratio. Now, personally, this is my favorite of everything I'm going to be covering today. There's a few reasons for it. First of all, it covers the price to earnings ratio and earnings as a whole. So you know what you're paying per in earnings per share for the stock that you're looking at. But it does something even more. It accounts for growth, which allows you to avoid value traps and see how the stock would perform in the future given their growth expectations. When you look at a lot of other ratios, like the ones I'm going to mention in a little bit, they tend to be very stagnant. They're for the trailing 12 months of the stock or the past year. But the PEG ratio allows you to look towards the future of the stock and see how valuable it will be in maybe one year, two years, or even five years. So the way you use the price to earnings to growth ratio is you take the P-E ratio of the company and you divide it by their growth estimates over a certain amount of time that you want to look at. Now, I'm only telling you how to do this so you know it, 
but usually you can go on to places like Yahoo Finance and find the number for yourself. But once you take this peg ratio, you don't compare it to anything, you just look at the stock and its number. If the number is from zero to one, it means the stock is incredibly undervalued given their growth and earnings. If the number's from one to two, it means they're still relatively undervalued. If the number's from two to three, it means the stock is fairly valued or even a little bit overvalued. And if the number's higher, it means that the stock is trading at incredibly high premiums given their earnings and growth. So an example of that would be a company like Tesla, which although they are forecasting decent growth, is trading at such a high price to earnings ratio that you're not paying for earnings to justify the growth. Meaning that right now you're paying a few hundred dollars per share for minimal earnings for growth that isn't gonna continue. One of the biggest things that drives investing outside of value is growth and whether investors believe that a company has room to grow. So by using the price to earnings to growth ratio, you're able to begin to align as a growth investor and look at companies in a different light. The final two ratios that I'm gonna be talking about in today's episode are the price to sales and the price to book ratio. To start, the price to sales ratio measures revenue, not earnings, which we've been discussing previously. So to understand the price to sales ratio, you need to understand what revenue is. And revenue is just total sales. It's all the sales or the transactions a company does per year or per quarter or whatever the time interval may be. So by getting a price to sales ratio, you're trying to determine whether or not you're getting good value per revenue per share of a stock. And here's what that means. If you own shares of a company and they don't do a lot of revenue, but your share price is high, there's a very good chance that in regards to a price to sales ratio, you're being ripped off and the company might be overvalued. But if the number is lower, that means that you're not paying as much for revenue, which is important because it means that you're getting a good deal, just like you would with a low price to earnings or price to earnings to growth ratio. Now, to find the PS or price to sales ratio, you take a company's market capitalization and divide it by their total sales or revenue over the past 12 months. The lower the number, the better. And then, unlike the price to earnings and price to earnings to growth ratio, you can do some comparisons, but not as many as you could with the price to earnings ratio because it tends to be more specific to an industry. So if you find the PS ratio of a semiconductor company, you only really should compare it to the PS ratios of other semiconductor companies because total revenue is seasonal for a lot of stocks and companies. So you might be comparing companies at the wrong time and it might not line up. So to use the PS ratio, first of all, you need to find it, which to recap is dividing the market cap by the total revenue of the company. And then you need to compare it to companies like the one that you're viewing. Also, it's important to note, as I keep saying, that it's more than just using one. There's no one ratio that's gonna tell you that a stock is undervalued or overvalued. Your price to earnings ratio might be way too high, while your price to sales and price to earnings to growth are incredibly low. So when you're researching stocks and you need to come to a decision, make sure to look at all of them and make the best decision based off of all the information you're being given. Don't become biased and use only one ratio and don't have confirmation bias and look for things that confirm what you wanna believe. Keep your options open, look at everything, and use all these ratios and comparing these ratios to other ones of various companies and sectors to come to a conclusion about whether or not you think a company is undervalued. Now the final ratio that I'm gonna be covering in today's episode is the price to book ratio, also known as the PB ratio. Basically, it's a great way of determining how much your share is worth in reality compared to the price of the share on the market. Now you might be asking yourself what the difference is, but the difference is actually very big. So book value per share is basically how, many, how much assets there are per share of a company. 
So if there's 100 million shares of asset, shares of a company and $100 million of assets, the book value per share is $1 per share, right? So taking that number, that stock could very well be trading at $5, $10, $20, $50 on the stock exchanges, depending on its growth and other factors, which are, it's an entirely different conversation. So the price to book ratio really is more used for companies that are financial based or companies whose assets really mean a lot to valuing them. So companies like banks, stocks like Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, because banks are really only the sum of their assets. So when you use the book value per share and the price to book ratio, you want to use it for companies where the book value per share is relevant to the stock. Doing it for a company like Tesla doesn't mean anything because investors of Tesla aren't looking to get a good deal relative to book value. They're looking for growth. So this, along with pretty much every single other ratio that we use, can be used to compare an equity to other equities in the industry that's a part of. But there's something unique with the price to book ratio, and that's the fact that you can usually compare it to historical averages for bank stocks. So usually banks tend to not trade above a price to book ratio of 1.2. At their highs in 2008 and even recently, they really struggle to break that 1.2 to 1.5 level. So if you want to know whether or not a company is a good value, especially a bank stock, what you can do is you can compare the price to book ratio not only to the industry currently, but to previous price to book ratios at all time highs to see how much room the company has left to grow. Now, be warned, comparing historical data to current present market trends doesn't always work because conditions do change, but the price to book ratio is a great way of valuing a company fundamentally, especially in the financial services industry. So that's it for today's episode of Gen Xenomics based about ratios and how to value stocks using them. Hopefully from this episode, you figured out how to use ratios to make informed investing decisions in the broader market for the rest of your investing career. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share it with others who you think will find it interesting. It allows me to make more content for more listeners, which just creates a better environment for everyone involved. I'm your host, Gregory Shelsey, and I'll see you guys in the next episode.